Well, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us for Q&A. We're so excited that you've decided to hang out with us. And so just so you know, the number is up on the screen. So if you have questions from today's sermon, we really encourage you to send them in so Bill can answer them for you this morning. <laughs> so, Maybe we'll do it together. All right, we'll try. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to have uh, Bill with us this morning, who serves as our middle school pastor and director of missions. And so excited to get to do Q&A with you this morning. Thank you. This is kind of cool being in here. It's so fun. Um, so continuing through our series in Ephesians, and so walk in the light. And so I have to say one thing, we were just talking about this, that like you said, it was like a wow moment for you when you gave the example of the orange tree, that the fruit isn't for the tree, but it's for others. Right. That was one of those aha moments for me as well. It's just such a practical explanation that this is for others. Like the Lord has gifted me for you, for other people. Yes, I I was thinking about it in this study and, and it just came to me. I think the fruit isn't for the tree. The tree's going to benefit but uh, it's not the intention. I think Christ is the number one benefer, mm-hmm. benefiter. When we, the fruit of the Spirit, if we walk in the Spirit, we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, self-control. But we exhibit those and others benefit. The Lord is so pleased on what's happening. And I believe uh, the people, when we walk into a room, they're getting more love. They're getting more mm-hmm. joy. They're getting more peace. And, and then sometimes they reciprocate it and we benefit, but that's not right. the intent. I've taught through the Spirit, I don't know how many times to our middle school students. And it, at this point, it feels like I've bombed. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, I need to bring them all back and say, hey, here's <laughs> what I learned. Uh, but then walking in the light and walking in the Spirit, I believe, are close cousins. Mm-hmm. And But the principle of the tree and the fruit is still similar. The fruit isn't for us, the tree. It's for others, primarily Christ and then those we come in contact with. Absolutely. Great example. Great example. I loved learning it during this. It was good for me. That's awesome. So we do have a few questions that have come in, so we'll go ahead and get started. But if something pops in your mind while we're going, please feel free to send it in. Um, so first one here, so about the confession. Um, I often say I'm sorry to apologize, but don't specifically ask for forgiveness. Is that the same? No, it's not. When we teach the middle school, we try to backpedal, make sure we cover all the bases, and we have a nice little system that the Lord would go, that's good. Um, now, again, it's sort of mechanical and robotic, but that's how we do teach middle school students, but it's got everything. If I talked about Dave Strathman, if I stole his lawnmower, and then I said, I'm sorry. First, his inclination is goes, yeah, you are sorry, but we're not talking <laughs> about the same thing. But when I say I'm sorry, here's what I'm saying. I regret what I did. Hmm. It could be because I got caught. It could be the Lord started pressing on me and I felt conviction and I just regret it. But that's not what we need. We need forgiveness. You know, right. the other person needs to hear that we did what we did, we consider to be wrong. And then forgiveness is a transaction. Hmm. Uh, it's if I was going to sell you my phone. You would give me some money and I give you the phone. You would receive a phone. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a transaction that goes on. Forgiveness is a transaction. If you said, Bill, if I said, Tracy, please forgive me. I'm going to give you something, you know, and you're going to receive it. Now, Mm -hmm. the what are if if I was going to if you're going to forgive me, we talk about there's what actually is forgiveness. We know what a phone is, Mm -hmm. but what is forgiveness Forgiveness is three promises. So if I had stolen Dave's 
lawnmower. And I said, will you please forgive me? And he says, yes, he's given me three promises. I promise mm -hmm. not to bring this up to you again. It's done. It's over. I promise not to put it on the church website. Bill stole my lawnmower. I'm not going to go tell everybody. I'm not going to tell all my neighbors, hey, you know why my grass was so high? Because my youth pastor stole my lawnmower. <laughs> it, when he grants right. forgiveness, he says, I'm not going to tell others. It's over. And then the third promise is, I'm not going to, I promise not to bring it up to myself. I'm not going to sit in a dark room, sit in a recliner chair, and just mm -hmm. think about how bad Bill Winton hurt me from stealing my lawnmower. He's like, I'm not, I and basically, if you think about it, that's everybody. <laughs> I promise <laughs> not to bring it to you, yeah. to others, and to myself. There's no one left, you right. know? And so that's what forgiveness is. It's, mm -hmm. it's a done deal. Case dismissed. It's over. Sometimes it's really hard to grant forgiveness. People have been hurt really bad. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yep. It can be very difficult. But I do believe when we're trying to get clean, mm -hmm. cleansed of our sin, the transaction of forgiveness needs to happen. And it's just so hard. And why would we not say, will you please forgive me? I can only think of one reason. Pride. Mm -hmm. I, I, it right. just, I, it's too much for me to, and, and that's just pride. I mean, humility solves that. Absolutely. One example to the person um, of whom you're asking that forgiveness. Sometimes maybe they're surprised by it, but what an opportunity to then point to Christ even in those situations as well. Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, we've got another question here. Um, you mentioned learning what is pleasing to God. How do I know what is pleasing to God in certain situations? Or it sounds like how do they determine what is pleasing to God? Okay. And so one of, the, one of the fruit of walking in the light is a uh, desiring to please God. Mm -hmm. And so walking in the light, it will come because you're with Jesus. This is what John was saying. Hey, I spent three years walking with him. Like I knew, uh, I being three years with him and then six decades with him in me, I learned what he's like. I learned uh, all about Jesus. I know how he would handle a woman caught in adultery. I learned how he would handle arrogant religious people. And uh, I learned how he dealt with sin. I learned how he dealt with uh, uh, all varieties of people. And so the secret is still back to Jesus and maturity. As we grow, walking in the light, being close to Jesus, looking in the scriptures, because this is how we learn Jesus through the biographies in there and the other parts of the Bible, uh, we learn what's pleasing to God. And it's all through it. His character is revealed through the Bible. And so Walking in the light, walking in the scriptures, and we just learn. As we go, we yes. continue to learn. Awesome. So grateful for his word. And if you really don't know, if that, that didn't solve it, text Doug next week. You oh, know? great Hey, question. I want to learn how to, how would this please God? <laughs> Doug R. Are we allowed at to say that? He gets his email all the time. Oh, no, do it live in the question. Okay, Q &A. great. <laughs> we'll be waiting for those next week. That's right. <laughs> Come in. He'll probably defer them to you. <laughs> Um, well, you gave an example um, after that, that confession, the cleansing of sin, um, that bringing back to right relationship um, with that forgiveness with an individual, that's, um, we talked about this earlier, you mentioned, but that is not the reflection of our relationship with Christ, like the forgiveness of sin. So that once forgiven, fully forgiven, right? That was the one thing you mentioned. Oh, um, yes. When... When we became Christians, all our sins were forgiven. Christ, um, at the cross, he forgave us 
he asked the father, Father, forgive right. them, for they don't know what they're doing. Talking about them, and he, our sins were washed by the blood of Jesus, and they're to be no more. So relationally, this is how I was explaining it to somebody uh, that's asking me a question just two weeks ago. When we sin as Christians, we are sinners, but Christ, but the Father looks at us, and through this, again, First John, the propitiation, Jesus steps in front between us and the Father, and the Father sees Jesus when he's looking at us, and our sins are gone. We used to sing a, a little ditty song when I was a kid, gone, 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 I'm not going to sing it. But the oh, words were gone, 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 gone. <laughs> yes, my sins are gone. All my soul's in luxury. My heart's a song. My sins are buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. And then I shall live eternally. Praise God, my sins are. And then the girls would sing gone. And the guys would go, G-O-N-E, gone. But uh, <laughs> our sins are gone. So when we sin as Christians, the... Uh, our sins are gone. The cross took care of them. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who walk, for those who are in Christ. However, when we sin, fellowship's broken. We are not in the light. We're separated. This is what Paul was writing in this passage. Uh, Denise and I have a wonderful marriage. We love each other. But every once in a while, I'm a booger and I will <laughs> sin. I will, I will be. Uh, I said something the other day that offended Denise and my daughter at the same time. Um, and I had to go and I had to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. This was last Sunday night. Um, but when I sin or when she sins against me, it doesn't mean, man, take the ring off. They're not married anymore. No, of course we're still married, but the relationship is, is, is hard and difficult. And it's not all lovey dovey, cozy wozy. It's, I'll go to the back room. You stay out here until <laughs> right. we get our we get it right. And so, for a Christian, we're not walking in the light when we sin, but we are mm -hmm. forgiven. And right. we're we're the there's a fellowship. It's not like we've left the family. It's just things are tense, and then we get them right, and everything's back again mm -hmm. together. What a joy! You oh, know, when that piece best. is brought back together, and oh, it's such man. a sweet moment. I love when Denise and I are just like this. That's awesome. Great sample. So question here, can your light shine too bright? Jesus is the light. In him, there is no darkness at all. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to shine outshine Jesus. Right. There's just no way. <laughs> not happen. No, he is the light. We're, the passage says, children of the light. I'm trying to think, what's behind that question? Um. No, the, the point of the passage was get cleansed of your sin mm -hmm. and be with Jesus. Get So can you get rid of too much sin? No. Nope. <laughs> no. You got to get rid of all of your sin. Uh, and then you you just be with Jesus. So I'm trying to think, what would the person be asking? Can you be too bright? Can you be obnoxious in your faith? Absolutely. I've seen it lots of times. Hmm. I don't think that's walking in the light. Um, I think right. uh, walking in the light is, man... I'm not, I'm far away from God. I'm as relate with my my candles out, and I need just be near Jesus. I need all my sins forgiven. Right. Well, love um, finishing up the service with the Lord's Supper this morning and that oh. opportunity and time of confession. And what a great opportunity to sit and do that um, before the Lord and as a body. And so, anything else that you 
would leave us with this morning or may not have huh. yeah. fit in. I'm sure it's so hard. Like there's so much like <laughs> to add between seven and yes, 14. yes, yes. I do have something. Thank you. One of my heroes of the faith was Robertson McQuilkin. He was the president of uh, CIU, Columbia International University. And a few years ago, he, I think he was doing a webinar, and the topic was for Christian leaders, how to go spend a day or two alone with the Lord. Oh. And so it was a good topic, and, and he spoke for a while in the webinar, and then he opened up for Q&A. So I, in the webinar, he talked about, I, spend, I, I go spend two or three hours just reading scriptures, just reading scriptures, and then I spend two or three hours, or, or he had all these chunks of time, and he'd go in and out of worshiping, put on some worship mm. music and worship, and then I'd pray for my family, and I'd pray for the missionaries, and, and, he had, and, and then I'd just sort of listen for the, to the Lord to speak to me, and he had this wonderful talk about how to spend a couple of days with the Lord alone, and then in the Q&A, somebody wrote him and said, uh, you missed something. What mm. about repentance? You ought to spend one of those sections, one of those sections, uh, repenting of your sins and searching and examining. And in his Robertson McQuilkin style, he goes, "Yeah, not at all." He says, "I try to do that every day. I try mm-hmm. to go on this completely clean, so I don't need to spend time in repentance." And his point was, every day, several times a day, we ought to be trying to walk in the light. Lord, have I sinned since I mm-hmm. last talked to you? And I'm gonna. Oh, I have sinned. I'm going to go ask for forgiveness and get clean, and then we'll go from there, and I'll keep walking in the light. So he was, the the person thought, maybe several times a year you just do an examination. He's like, no, that's death. That's wrong. Daily, hourly. Do it all the time. Have <laughs> right. I sinned since I, every time you get in the car, have I sinned since the last time I was in the car? You know, or so, and, and staying clean. What an incredible opportunity that we can come before the Lord on a moment-by-moment basis, not just on, like, two days a year, you know, or whatever. Like, it's, a it's a relationship. Father. He's, He's such a, such a father. good, good father. Yeah. Um, well, we did have one more question pop in real quick. We'll take a second to answer it. If um, How can parents of teenagers encourage them to seek confession and forgiveness outside of modeling this for them when, uh, when we as parents are wrong? How can parents of teenagers, are, you think they're saying... How do I teach them? I was sorry. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Yes. And it sounds like they're trying to model this for them. So how do you continue to encourage them to do it? Is there anything else you can do beyond modeling it for them? Modeling is going to be the best. Like, I hope those numbers, 0 to 5, 5 to 10, 10 uh-huh. to 20, how many times has a parent sinned against their kid? Lots of times. Oh, my Come on. word. That's the what I kept thinking parents. of. <laughs> and I hope there for every time they've done something impatient, uh, selfish, that they've gone and said, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. That part, that modeling is the best. There, were, I would also say, hey, let's review, you know, maybe at lunch today, hey, let's review what Bill said about the dynamics of getting clean, and let's make that our normal as a family. Mm. And so let's review who remembers what there was. I was wrong. I am sorry. Please forgive me. And uh, and just sort of talk about that and then say, let's do that as a family uh, and carry that going forward. And somebody says, uh, I, I'm sorry. I think of guys on athletic fields. 
when mm. they do something wrong, the best they got a lot of times is, hey, I'm sorry. Usually they just want to put it on. But if you say, that's not going to be good enough. Let's do it like Jesus would want us to. Obviously not Jesus did because he never sinned. Right. But how he would want us to is uh, the full admitting we're wrong, sharing our regret, and then asking for the transaction of forgiveness. You know, And so I would, and then there's times and there's going to be heated moments. Oh, yeah. Heated moments. Where you just, as a parent, you're the authority. Hey, let's try again. You just said, I'm sorry, but I'd like you to try again. It'd mm. be better. And so you might get some rolling of eyes and everything, but that's just good parenting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's teaching. Right. It's a teaching moment. It yes. really is a teaching moment and also a teaching moment for our hearts yes. um, as a parent, too. I've many times said here on CUNY that I've never apologized more than when I became a parent. I feel like I'm regularly <laughs> apologizing. Like, oh, hold on, hold on, let me come back. Yeah, yep. I, I think if a husband and wife, um, to the extent of the known of, knownness of the sin, mm-hmm. that's how far they ought to consider taking it. So if kids watch mom and dad fight or whatever, when mom and dad ask for forgiveness, say they're sorry, admit they're wrong, ask for forgiveness, they probably ought to do it with the kids or let mm. the kids know, hey, you saw me do something wrong. I went to your mom. I got it all right. But I wanted you to know I did that, too. Because otherwise, they're left in limbo. Mom and dad are mad at each other. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. And so that's good to let them know. Absolutely. That's a great opportunity. Well, thank you yeah. so much for joining My us privilege. this morning. This you is do so a good fun. job here. Oh, thanks. It's so fun to get to do this with you. Um, it's great to host with a friend. So uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And we truly hope you have an awesome day.